Hello and welcome to a mini podcast with just me today, uh, George uh, from Fantasy Take TV. Uh, no, 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 JD today. Just I've randomly done this. I've got out of bed and decided I'm going to do a mini podcast. Um, we didn't really get. I I've been sick this week, so I couldn't do it with the boys. But I think we're going to do a Q and A to try and make up for it tomorrow. Um, so uh, yeah, stay tuned for that, I guess. But a um, few topics for me to discuss today. Um, Tom Stewart replacement's got a whole list of players depending on your price range. Uh, a few minutes to talk about. Like Jack Steele. Damn, I wish I had trades to get Jack Steele. That's all I'll say. Uh, the forward line, a uh, few few decent options there. Ruck line, just um, touch on two rucks. Jackson and Darcy Cameron. Uh, vice captains, captains and all that, and rookies. So uh, the first thing, this was asked by Damo in the um, in the Discord. He asked me, um, what are your main takeaways from this year, given it was a pretty difficult year? Um Oh, it's Supercoach 2022. Like, what, what's changed? What's different? Why was this this year different? Um, I think it's it was kind of easy to upgrade, I think, but because we had so much cash. But the starting team, it was quite hard to nail. So I think probably in the starting team, given we had more trades, probably should have thought that could have taken a few more. I don't know if punt is the right word, but, you know, gone for a Sicily, gone for a Patrick Cripps, given, you know, they're definitely underpriced and they're off chance to be, their chances to be keepers. So... I think every year is different. You've got to assess the value. And I think I was saying this um, when I was speaking to AFL Draft Expert Bears in the preseason. He was saying this year the value is incredible. And he was right. It was you know, Sicily, English, Cripps, uh, uh, Canelio, Brody, all this. The value was unbelievable this year. So got to nail those value picks. But I think um, next year we'll see, we'll see what the value looks like because i just trying to think right now like we don't really have someone come back from ACL that's going to be um, you know wildly underpriced or anything like that like a Sicily or even a Wits as well so it's interesting I'm not sure we have that value next year so I think the main takeaway is that every year is different the strategy that worked in 2021 failed in 2022 and a lot of people like the the top 50 of the Hall of Fame on Supercoach data um, a lot of those people I was I think I was ranked about 50th most people started the year quite poorly in fact I think 90% of the people in that Hall of Fame top 50 started poorly and that was because maybe we were used to previous strategy when you know this year required we probably didn't adjust as well as we should have so every year is different assess the landscape the macro and micro and whatnot so that's probably the main takeaway so we'll get into Tom Stewart replacements so number one replacement, if you don't have Jordan Dawson, I think he's number one and he's pushing D1, D2 territory. Now the Stewart's out, I think he could be D1 from here. He's done it before, 115 post by last year. Um, in defense, I don't think he scores as well, but what's happened is he's taking kick-ins, but also like starting on a wing, so he's kind of getting the best of both worlds. And when he played defense for Sydney, I think he averaged somewhere in the 90s, but uh, Jake Lloyd was the main kick-in uh, taker and most of, most of the ball was going through Jake Lloyd back then, so... Although they did slightly shy away from it, but Lloyd was still the main man last year, whereas I think it's Blakey this year. So there's no real main main player down back for the Crows. Uh, Smith takes a bit, and then Duda has to play key position a lot for some reason. He's not a key position defender, but um, Dawson's my number one. Just scoring avenues, contested marks, intercept marks, you know, score involvements. Um, just takes so many... His marks are really, really high as well. So Dawson is my number one. Um, Sinclair and Doc are probably probably the next tier. I think they're both great picks. I think finally teams are tagging Sinclair. It's it seemed almost obvious. He seems some like someone who's taggable. Um, whereas Doc, I don't think gets tagged. So 
Well, he could, but I think um, he's just a lot more sound probably defensively. Um, but yeah, he, he, Doc always calls for those marks. He's always going to score well, but um, yeah, Doc or Sinclair, whichever one, I think they're both completely fine. Um, if you don't have Dawson. Uh, the next two, probably Crisp and Hall and Houston at 5.30. Uh, did I say Hall? I meant Dale. Crisp, Dale, and um, Houston. I don't know if Houston here, but I just, off the top of my head, he's 5.30k. So Houston, I don't mind. Again, like, do they keep him in the role? They've kept him in there all year. So for me, it's like a bit of, you know, been burnt by him before, so I don't really want to go there, but he seems fine. Uh, Crisp is pretty safe. 5.30 draw. The fixture for Collingwood sort of opens up a bit. Um, he seems like a solid, probably goes 105 to 110, probably more the 105 range, but seems safe, durable pick. And Dale, very much the same, very safe. No Caleb Daniel this week. I really like the Bailey Dale selection. I think he can do 105 for the rest of the year. And that gets us to the 500k range of Aaron Hall and Isaac Cummings. So Isaac Cummings, I think I think he's an okay pick, but Himmelberg's going back down there. He's taking a lot of kick-ins, so I think that might have cut into his kick-ins a little bit. So maybe that 105 that he was tracking for comes back to about 100, which is what he's doing now. Maybe even 95. Um, did have that poor game with poor disposal the other day, but did score well uh, last week, I think, or this week. Now, Aaron Hall. I, if you have the trades... I mean, what do you want... Like, what can I say on this pick? He's done two hamstrings. He's 31 and a half. He can score really, really well, but he's not durable and especially this year when he's done like how many times have we ever brought in a player that's done two hamstrings during the year and they've come good I know there's only eight rounds to go look this is this pick is not for me I don't recommend it if you have trades I would I wouldn't do it but I, I understand it because you got nothing else going on most likely you just trade him out something happens play for the ceiling obviously had that massive game against the Crows 1.1 kilometers game it's ridiculous stuff but yeah, I think they were pushing him up to a wing a little bit previously, but I think they're going to keep him back down there. I think Noble's shown that he put senior players in, you know, kept Zeeble down back for ages, moved him forward, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think he, he's not afraid to give senior players, like, you know, put Kane Turner in the CBAs, for God's sake. So I, I think he'll stay in that role. He's too good at it to to not be in that role. But, again, it's, it's durability. So, honestly... I don't. I, I got nothing to say. If you want to go for it, fine. I do not recommend it. And don't cry when he does his hamstring. He's done two already. He hasn't got through. First opening preseason game, bang, did the hammy. Uh, marsh one or whatever it was before the marsh comes in, plays four weeks, five weeks, bang, does another hammy. Eight week hammy. Thirty one and a half year old. Can you seriously like? How can you sit there like? You, and just worry every week. Oh, has hold? What's hold on? Has he done a hammy, or what's he on? Like, for me, that's what that's what it would be like owning hole. I'd be just stressed if he like stays fit every week. So for me, it's an absolute no. I know the ceilings there. Um, I just think the chances are he does another hammy, and who knows? Maybe he doesn't. But got through all of last year fine. But given did two this year and thirty one and a half, not for me. And then that brings us down to. Uh, Jake Lloyd and Lockie Whitfield. Uh, Jake Lloyd, 450k. I mean, one good game. It's just not enough for me. It's as simple as that. I didn't watch that game because it was boring as hell. But if you saw something that you thought changed with Jake Lloyd, then maybe fine. And then Whitfield, similar price. Also, they came, they chop and change the kick-ins with like Lloyd and Blakey. So I don't know what the mix is there. And there might be weeks where Blakey takes all of them and kills Lloyd. So for me, it's a no. But he could, he could be what 
okay, but yeah, again, just not sure. So the body of work this season hasn't been good, and they're clearly playing more attacking through the corridor with like Blakey and McInerney. And uh, Lockie Whitfield, three tons in a row, he looks good. Um, apparently he's going to have off-season surgery. I think I read that somewhere uh, on his ankle, but he's playing well, and who's to say that he won't burn you again? So I'd get up to a durable crisp or Dale if you can if not go to a Dawson or Doc or Sinclair but otherwise if you've got the budget options I'd probably take Whitfield over Lloyd and Hall or Cumming uh, I'd probably take Isaac Cumming as stupid as it sounds because he's going to get nowhere near the points that Hall can play but I just think uh, I don't want to deal with Aaron Hall so that's just me but be taking the risk uh, good luck I guess because it can definitely pay off now the midfielders, so Jack Steele, oh, if I had trades and I had the money to go from Patrick Cripps to Jack Steele, I would do that trade in two seconds. So uh, yeah, he looked great. Disposal efficiency was 58%, so happens, but he scored 115, 125 fantasy, which is always a good sign. So oh, I love Jack Steele, one of my favorite players, and so glad he's back and he looked good and he was getting a bit more, a few more marks around the ground as well. So a bit more outside game. I remember in the first two weeks I was speaking about Steele I was like he's not doing much on the outside but saw that on the weekend so he, he knows this, the Saints are in trouble for finals and he needs a big big two months so he will do that because he's because Jack Steele is a superstar so a big fan of Jack Steele so get him in if you can um, but out of Cripps, Petrarca and Brayshaw probably the three or even Zach Merritt throw in Zach Merritt there as well and when you look at your midfield you're like these guys are probably not top eight mids I mean Brayshaw's been really good but he's more of a fantasy pick um, so I would hold Brayshaw I think he's shown a lot of he's just playing outstanding footy and against the Carlton midfield really strong big contested midfield um, he struggled for sure so Brody was doing all the dirty work and you know Brayshaw was kind of struggling a little bit so uh, he'll be fine uh, I would hold Brayshaw Petrarca he looked good he looked hungry he looked it was moving good it was calling for the ball a lot which was good, so um, tick for Petrarca. I think you can bring him in if you want. Uh, he's not top eight, I don't think, but he's a chance to be from here on out because he, he did it, I think it was 120 post by last week, uh, last year, sorry. So you could go for Petrarca if you like that. And Paddy Cripps, i got no trust in Cripps. It's more the history of Cripps. He's rucking. There's a, there's a whole bunch of mids. Like, I think Chero's coming back, so the whole five of them are back in the same team again. I just don't trust Patrick Cripps, to be honest. And he's not... Probably the main thing I notice is we're not seeing those repeat explosive efforts. So, you know, early in the season, he was, like, breaking out of stoppage, like, non like, a few times a game, kicking a goal set of stop, kicking goals out of stoppage. He's just doing that less frequently. I just think he's probably because his body can't do it, and it, it's in the numbers. So I'd be trading Cripps over Petrarca and Brayshaw, although he could have a big one, but for sure that, you know, he's, his floor, I think, is the worst of the lot. Aside from Petrarca, the flu game, but other than that, um, I, I would be offloading Cripps before Petrarca and Brayshaw, and probably Zera or Cripps. I, I think I'd hold Merritt just because durability, history. Um, Merritt is a slight concern, though. I, I'm not loving the way he's playing at the moment. I think if they haven't lowered his CBAs already, I think they will, but he can score without them. So you can roll up from half forward or play on a wing and still score okay. So I think Merritt looks like he's going to do 100 to 105 especially because of how bad the Bombers are. So 
Uh, yeah, I, I think in the order of holding, I'd go hold Petrarca, then Brayshaw, then Merritt, and then Cripps. So a bit unfair to Cripps. I know he's been good this year, but it's, it's just I think he is the worst downside. So, I mean, maybe he comes out and looks amazing, but again, he he's every year in the second half of the year, I think 2019, even when he's a good year, his second half of the year was quite poor. So, And he was all Australian that year. So for me, I th- I'd get rid of Cripps first, but... Yeah, that's just me. Now the forward line. Touch on Harry Himmelberg. He looks unbelievable back there, but they're throwing him around. So they want to keep him back there, but they're you know they're putting him in the ruck a little bit of forward. So it sounds like they'll get a ruckman back this week. So Himmelberg, uh, if you got him, I think you, you're fine. I think you'll be okay. You hold. I know the role was a bit iffy at times, but I think it's okay. And then who have I got here? Someone's asked about Mitch Duncan with Tom Stewart out. Like, I, I don't care. Uh, I'm not touching a 30-plus-year-old with a soft tissue injury, so if you want to go there, fine. I don't care. I'm not going to advise that pick. Um, but if you're looking for a value pick, um, I think the two I like are Rosie and Heaney. I still like Heaney. The fixture's soft. He's up and down. Um... I do the thing I do worry about with Heaney is he does slow down. You know, he's he's fresh off the bye. I think the coach even said you know he he did benefit off the bye. Still kicked three goals. He's still flying for marks. I just think he just didn't score well and the role is it's bad and he's got for whatever for whatever reason always scores bad against St Kilda. So I think my preference is actually Connor Rosie. I think he's quite high in the coaches' votes. I think, but he looks fantastic in the midfield. Um. I think he can do... I think Rosie can do somewhere... I think he can do 95, I reckon. Just the way he's playing. He looks really good. Um, I know he had that really bad one, but he's got a high ceiling as well, and he looks great. I still think he... I don't think he's gone below 20, 20 disposals since being in the midfield. So I think just the, the role is the best. His role is the best out of just about everyone. But there's a few others. I think we discussed this a few weeks ago. Go. You want to go Jeremy Cameron? Go Jeremy. Jer- go Jeremy Cameron. You, you want to go... Obviously, if you can get up to like a Lebber or Bond, or if you don't have Cogs, go for Cogs. Any one of those guys, Tim English when he comes back, you, those guys your preference. But a value pick, I like Rosie, and I think Heaney's okay as well. So the ruck line. So probably Darcy Cameron sounds like they said Grundy is expected to be expected to be back in round eighteen. So that's missed the next two weeks, and then comes back. So something to keep an eye out. I'd still hold him until... You could even see how he goes with Grundy. They might give him a 50-50 split. And the next one, Luke Jackson. Sounds like Gorn. They expect him probably next week, but he's 1-2. to two, So, um, yeah. I think you're gonna probably going to lose too many points with Jackson um, at like an F6 or R2. Having said that, see how he goes with Gorn. Maybe that he's gone back in in the first game. But I still think I would have a plan to get Jackson up to... There's a lot of really, really good forwards. Um, so yeah, I would have a plan for that. I think my I think my entire forward line, I think, is 103, 104 plus. So uh, Jackson's not going to do that with Gorn in the team. So I think I think I would yeah, have a plan for that. But you can hold him this week. Uh, rookies. Uh, Bedeno. I haven't got the name written here, so... Bendetto, I think, something like that. Um, sounds like he's a 123k forward for the Bulldogs. I don't know a lot about him, but apparently he's been playing a bit of wing, and his numbers in the past two games in the VFL have been good. Uh, McNeil has been dropped, so I think he's in for McNeil, and I think McNeil's kind of in... 
is he playing forward or wing? I think he was on a wing for a bit, but I think he's in for him. So he's one you could look at. Maybe Bailey Smith comes in two weeks and takes a spot. Uh, yeah, Bailey Smith's got another two weeks, doesn't he? So, look, if you need someone this week, I think you could go for him. If you play him on a wing, I, I think there's a chance he scores okay, given the VFL form. Uh, but I guess you kind of want someone with DPP. So he's one you could look at. I don't know if he's going to hold or not. But if you need him for one week, you need someone. I think he's your guy. Ambrosio down back, 102k. I think they're going to persist with him. So he's one you could go for if you don't have him. Um, like even you could go maybe like a wear down to him or something like that. But uh, I think we're slightly better than Ambrosio. But yeah, that's just me. Um, Wear's a bit older, I think, so from memory and then if you're looking for a loophole rookie so I brought in Jai Cully that was a I stuffed that up uh, I just thought I was looking at the team Collingwood's team and I was struggling to find out where Carmichael could fit into the team but they keep saying uh, Carmichael uh, Collingwood 102k rookie I think he's mature age 22 or something like that uh, been really really good in his two games in the VFL and the coach keeps saying they want to get him into the team so if it's not you know I, don't, I think almost certainly he gets the game judging by what the coaches are saying so out of Carmichael, Cully, and Hollands, I would be going Carmichael, and I'm so annoyed I went Cully because I was a cock-up. But that's that's fine. Move on. Um, just hopefully it doesn't cost me uh, later in the year. But um, look, Cully could still play. I don't think he scored super well in the, his VFL game, but his waffle game. But like West Coast are playing like they're playing an old team. Like what are they doing? Uh, just trying to get wins on the board, I guess. But. Yeah, I, I would be playing as much youth as they can, but they got a pretty long injury list. And then Hollands. Well, I think the comments from two months ago or so with Stuart Jew, he was saying that Hollands, his body isn't quite developed yet. So maybe that's what's holding him back from getting an AFL debut. Um, so I'm not sure if he plays or not, but apparently he's been knocking, banging the door down. So um, that's it. And then captains, uh, I have Jack McRae captain. I'll just get it up for myself. Um, so apparently Laird is in a little bit of doubt. It was on the news, he has some shoulder complaint. It doesn't look too bad, so hopefully he plays. Um, but for me, vice-captain McRae in his 200th against the Lions at the Gabba, I think that's his bread-and-butter game. He loves playing the Lions. So vice-captain, easy on McRae. And then people are looking at Clayton Oliver against the Crows, and he's gone 200 on them twice. It's interesting because I think last time they played, I think Barry not tagged him, but kind of checked him a bit, if that makes sense. And he did the, he did the same to Tuke Miller. So he might... Barry is a pretty good defensive mid, so he might, like Sam Barry I'm talking about, might be able to restrict Oliver like he did last time. I think that actually will happen, but um, I, I could be very wrong there and he could go 200 again because he seems to love playing the Crows. But uh, I might go... I think most people will captain Oliver. I might just bet against it this week. Also, I think a smoky for a captain is Cogs against Hawthorne. I think it's probably a bit too risky, but um, I'm going to do it in other formats because I just think he's been in unreal form and he's been smashing the bottom teams. I think uh, the Hawks midfield is really poor at the moment, so I actually don't mind Cogs as an option, but uh, I think it's too risky in Supercoach. I don't want to give up any points. I think I think we'll be taking McRae if we go for that. And then like Took's kind of hard to trust. Uh, Led solid, but again, he's like slight concern with him or something. But um, yeah, I think my captain's going to be. I'll probably go into probably go McRae into Oliver. I think, although I'm not, I'm not too excited about the Oliver 
for some reason, or as I was saying before. So I think definitely McRae VC, and then you know if you have a Sean Darcy against No Port, No Port Rocks. I, I know Darcy can be a bit dodgy, but that's a risk I'd be willing to take. Giving there is no Ruckman, and it's at it's in Perth as well. So, so yeah, um, that's it for me. Thanks for watching. So just bring this up. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's mini podcast today. We went for twenty minutes. I didn't expect to go for this long, but. Yeah, very, very sorry about no podcasts. Uh, we'll get to that ASAP, um, I think, on Thursday. We'll do a Q&A, if not Friday, but we'll get some content out there. Um, I'll see how we go. So thanks for watching. Apologies for my voice as well. If you can hear, I feel like I'm nasally as hell, but um, hopefully it doesn't come out too much. So thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys soon.